It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, MC Hammer rent re-enters the lexicon after about 30 years. I'll explain how that's going to happen coming up in just a second with our friend Katie Heindel from Diamond Basketball Feelings. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1306 of Lockdown Raptors for Wednesday, December the 21st. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show as well over there at Lockdown Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. As always, we are also on YouTube, so you can go support the show that way. It's much appreciated when you take the time. You don't even have to watch the videos. Just hit the subscribe button, leave your videos running on mute in the background, juice the stats. That's all I ask. That's my holiday gift from you to me. Thank you very much. And also, thank you to BetterHelp. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash NBA. All right. On today's show... You, you, you a fan of the song Can't Touch This? Uh, it's, the, it's the conceit of the whole episode, uh, as I promised. MC Hammer back in the, the, the general popular culture for the first time in ages because of this here podcast. So you're welcome, MC Hammer. Uh, on today's show, we are going to play a game called Can't Touch This, where with the trade vulture circling... The conversations about blowing it up and OG and Pascal and Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. all getting shipped out to tear it all down to the studs. We're going to go through the Raptors roster, determine 
just how untouchable each player on the team is on a scale of can't touch this to furry wall, which of course is from the other very popular pop culture thing, Get Him to the Greek with Jonah Hill and Russell Brand, that movie everybody's seen, uh, so you know what I'm talking about. Furry wall, very touchable, very nice. Nice when you're on a Jeffrey. Uh, can't touch this. MC Hammer. Can't touch the dude. He's dancing too hard in those Zubaz pants. Everything in between is available on our little fake spectrum as well. And here to play this silly game with me, as she is usually here to do, is Katie Heindel. Katie, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. I can't say that I got the reference to the wall when you texted <laughs> me this. I just thought about it for a minute and was like, yeah, I guess that sounds nice. Yeah. I would pause it that I've seen the film get him to the Greek more than 99% of the population of the earth. Uh, it's not even an especially good movie. It's just, <laughs> I have this routine, Katie. It's very silly. You, you probably are aware as like a freelance sports media person, tax time can be a bit of a nightmare. It's lots oh, of God. different, you know, varied income sources yeah. and, oh, did I pay tax on that? And blah, 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 blah. It's boring. But I have a ritual every January when I sit down to do my taxes. I put on Get Him to the Greek as my background movie because I don't really care about it. It's just there. I can look up and laugh once in a while when P. Diddy appears on the screen uh, or Jonah Hill makes a comment or barfs. And uh, it's just like my background soundtrack to doing taxes. It's a weird little thing I do, but uh, I've seen it, I don't know, 10 years in a row now. It's strange. Either way, the concept in that movie is there's a scene where there's a furry wall. They're doing drugs and Jonah Hill's freaking out and Russell Brand says, stroke the furry wall and it'll make you feel better. And it does. And it turns into a Russell Brand song later on. Uh, very stupid conceit of this episode. But basically, we're trying to determine who is untouchable on the Raptors team, who is not, and put it onto a little sliding scale. Katie, are you ready to play Can't Touch This? Yeah. <laughs> All go. right. I will not dance in Zubaz pants on this podcast, I promise. Unless Too you bad. want me to. Maybe I will. Uh, <laughs> All right, I have to acquire some Zubaz first. Maybe I'll have it for the next edition of this after it's a ringing success. Let's begin, Katie, with Pascal Siakam, shall we? Uh, he's very good, of course. He's the best player on the Raptors. He's one of the 15 best players in the entire NBA. As I have already kind of spoiled, if you're worried about what I'm going to say here on the podcast this week, I don't think you trade Pascal Siakam. He's really freaking good. He's the kind of player you tank hoping to get and probably will never achieve. Katie, I have to ask you, the trade vultures are circling. In theory, plenty of teams out there could really use a Pascal Siakam. Uh, but for you, if you're the Raptors front office, just how untouchable is Pascal Siakam? Is he the MC Hammer of the Toronto Raptors? Completely, but I would also argue the like conceit of the vulture, the trade vultures circling is mm. because of the possibility of somebody like Pascal. Uh, sure. And someone else who I'm sure we're going to get to next being available, which is mm -hmm. what I find so funny about the blow it up conversation when it, it's coming from outside the house, as yeah. it were. Yeah. Um, so you're you're fully he's in the can't touch this. Is yeah. Pants I mean, if you, I guess if you're really scale. like, yeah, we want to be uncompetitive. Uh, we want to lose games for the next five seasons. Or mm -hmm. We want to be worse than we are now. Sure. You can trade Pascal. Yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> no. Yeah. There's this whole thing with Pascal. It's gone back the last couple years. It's resurfaced in sort of the, the nitty-gritty corners of Raptors fandom the last week or so, where there's this sort of idea that, well, because Pascal Siakam isn't 
one of the seven best players alive, one of the seven players alive who can actually carry a team to like legit contention essentially on their own every year that that somehow means you shouldn't have him on your team. That has always been incredibly stupid to me. Even if he is in theory a number two at his very peak on the best version of the Raptors, uh, just because you have the number two before you had the number one doesn't mean you trade the number two. That's stupid. That's a way to set yourself up to be the Orlando Magic or the Sacramento Kings or any of these other teams that just trade away good players hoping and praying that the lottery ball balls will be in their favor. Um, I also think with Pascal, there's such a... like the, You can't not sort of think about the sort of franchise legacy stuff with him too. And to me, Katie, Pascal feels... Like, there's a very real path here for him being, like, the closed loop on Raptors history and their sort of relationships with star, star players. You start off early in the days, Damon Stoudemire's out in two and a half years. Vince Carter finds his way out in six years. Chris Bosh, you know, it seems like, hey, maybe we got a thing going here, and then he leaves for Miami. Eventually, they kind of move into this next phase. They bring in Kyle Lowry from outside. They kind of bring him into the system. He grows up. He is the forever Raptor, who was not a forever Raptor, obviously. He spent six years before even coming to Toronto, kind of toiling around the league and figuring his way. But he gets to Toronto. He becomes that sort of great star relationship success story. DeMar DeRozan feels like he's going to be that guy. They have to move him, ultimately, to go and win the championship. Pascal Siakam feels like the very first guy who could be a forever Raptor and kind of be that last step as a franchise of, oh yeah, we just have this guy who's ours. He's been here forever. He's so sort of emblematic of a lot of the stuff that has made the Raptors successful from the development to the constant year over year improvement to the way that the team is built around him. It would feel to me just like a real cheap shot at a fan base that has gotten to learn and grow and love a guy mm-hmm. just to ship him off because the team has lost six games in a row or because the team is not perceived to be a title winner. If you have Pascal Siakam on your team, you're going to be good. Right now it's not happening because he's got no help, but if you give him a reasonable supporting cast, there's going to be a baseline of quality for this team, and that matters. I know everyone's title or bust. It's got You're not competing for a championship, then you're trash. That's stupid. That's just not the way... It works in pro sports. There's going to be a lot of teams that are left disappointed. And if you are sitting there, like, as a fan, thinking, well, if they're not the one team at the end still standing, then it's a disappointment. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing it wrong, frankly. And Siakam, to me, is just like, there's too much baked into his time with the team and, and all of this. He just feels like he should be a forever Raptor to me. If he's not agitating to go, there is no way you touch him. He's full on MC Hammer, can't touch this, Katie. Anything to add? Nope. <laughs> uh, all right then. Fine. We'll 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 continue on. Uh, rant over. Next uh, coming up, we're gonna get into OG and Anobi, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Nick Nurse, whole bunch of other guys. We'll get to that in just one second here with Katie Hunt. Before we do that, however. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, it's a difficult time. The seasonal affective disorder is seeping in. There's a, you know, the weight of a new year coming. And unfortunately, life doesn't have a user manual for you to figure out 
difficult emotions that come with the time of year, that come with anything. Life is a lot at all times, not just this time of year. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent, or just stuff that you're kind of dealing with internally. But therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Whether or not you've been to therapy or, you know, whether it's your first time diving in, whether it is something that you've done before but maybe lost touch with, BetterHelp is a wonderful entry point back into the world of talking about yourself with someone who's there to listen. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people once again with professionally licensed and vetted therapists 100% online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with Katie Heindel, digging into the untouchability rankings of the Toronto Raptors. We just went through Pascal Siakam, as I kind of lost my mind a little bit. Uh, let's go now to OG Ananobi, Katie, who we talked about this yesterday. Zach Lowe on his podcast uh, on Friday mentioned that if OG Ananobi were to be put on the trade market, I guess this is on Monday. I don't know what day it is. I keep thinking it's Thursday. Holidays. Um But either way, the recent podcast Zach Lowe did with Ian Begley talked about how if the Raptors were to go and fetch uh, a a, a haul for OG Ananobi, it would be a pretty substantial one on par with what maybe the Cavs dished out for Donovan Mitchell. That feels like wishful thinking to me a little bit, but either way, Katie, OG Ananobi, you know, he's going to be a guy everybody wants, which as I made the point yesterday, maybe you, you should keep the guy that the entire league is falling over themselves to get. That seems like clue one that you've got something pretty cool on hand. Um, but where are you at with OG Ananobi within the range from furry wall to can't touch this and the untouchability <laughs> of one OG? I mean, I think uh, like the, the comparison to someone like uh, Mitchell is interesting, uh, hmm. but I do think like tr- trades are so contingent on one what players are available like at Mm. that time who's desperate enough right like basically how things fall it's not all just i think on the player getting traded because we've seen trades that like don't make any sense i would like look back as recently as this past summer to a lot of the trades that felt extremely lopsided to me uh, because it was just the where the league was and where teams were uh in terms of like their desperation levels Mm -hmm. so that said, like, yeah, I do think he would get, he would, it's so gross to talk about this stuff. It sure so you're is. like, oh, he'd get you a lot. Like, his, he'd return you a lot. Like, yeah. I'm sure. The, the, the nomenclature the, needs some work. Yeah, like the trade stakes um, would, would be what you wanted, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the Raptors front office. But um, like you, I don't really see the point of it mm-hmm. because to me, we were talking about like a what like players kind of your one and your two. 
I don't know that maybe pa Pascal and OG are both twos. Maybe they'll become one and two, but I think mm -hmm. for this is the first season um, that you've had OG. I'm so scared to like jinx it healthy and playing. <laughs> and like, then he, you see immediately how he starts to play, yeah. you know, when he has that time and that clearance. Um, and like, this is the first time you're seeing it in his entire career mm -hmm. with the Raptors. Why would you, then you're like, nah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess I get, I get it in a very cold blooded way. Cause you're like, well, we'll capitalize on now because he is someone who we mm -hmm. haven't seen this from yet. And we don't know what the future holds. It's sure. true. Of, but, but, I mean, it's true of any athlete, but uh, I get it. I just still don't agree with it. So to me, um, very untouchable. I'd say like probably on to me on par with Pascal. Yeah. I think for me, if the, if we got the spectrum, there's can't touch this all the way on the far end. It's like one rung just to the, the left of that, or I don't mm -hmm. know how we're doing the directions here. It's different on video, uh, but either way, the for me the the artificial rung on this sort of spectrum he falls is uh Jurassic Park. Let me explain. In the film Jurassic Park, John Hammond goes on this big rant about how I just wanted to build this thing that people could see and touch and be there. And it was all well and good, a very nice idea to sort of make this accessible natural wonder for people to come and see. Problem is, careful what you wish for because if you do make it touchable, it might eat you. My thinking here is, if you trade OG Ananobi, again, a player that the entire league is lusting after because he's the exact type of player that every team needs, that's the kind of trade that you regret for like 20 years and sit there thinking, man, wouldn't it be nice if the Raptors didn't have a hole at small forward for the last 20 years? And like, yeah. Wouldn't it have been nice if there's a guy like OG on the team? A guy like OG is so rare in the NBA that trading a guy like that feels like completely insane to me like i know the, the like you know you might get the the whole pick haul and all that stuff you will probably never get a player like og ananobi with any of those picks that you receive and when you do kind of get back into the next phase of your competitive cycle which in theory could be as early as next season you're sitting there wondering man it would be really cool if we had that guy on our team like <laughs> it just feels like a trade you will instantly regret mm -hmm. and so uh, while i understand the idea of like oh if this massive offer comes in you have to consider it uh, i still think it's the kind of thing where you're going to regret it big time much like john hammond regretted building the uh isla nublar compound which i mean you for left 30 out. years has just caused dinosaurs to run havoc across the earth bad the, news don't do the, it the best thing about that <laughs> analogy you you left off which is that then he becomes the thing that's coming to eat you yeah he plays against your team which mm -hmm. i'm sure he would have even like more reason for if his name's kind of been floated this is like mm -hmm. the probably the second or third time it's not verging on Miles Turner territory, but it's getting there, you know? Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of reasons, I think, then to, to, to show you what you're missing. The thing that I struggle with there, Katie, is that, like, I feel like it's never come from inside the house. It's always been, like, other people being like, wouldn't it of be course. cool if the Raptors <laughs> traded us OG and then passing it off as a rumor? I mean, all um, of this is, right? Like, <laughs> yes. all of this is. It doesn't, like, benefit. I think, like, at least for the, the two guys we've just talked about, mm -hmm. um, the front office understands very well what they have. There's no need to create rumors yeah. right there's sure. no need to to leak anything because you can see what happens it's like you've got media and other teams and fans everybody just does it on their own
The sickos will do the work for you. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's go to Scotty Barnes, Katie. I think an interesting one here. Yesterday on the show, Big V and I were kind of chatting, and he brought up the idea that while it's not there yet, the sort of lack of development this season maybe sort of makes you have to have a meeting if you're the front office discussing the idea of whether you can marry the Scotty Barnes timeline with the Pascal Siakam timeline. I still think you can. I, I, don't, I think the idea that you can't have players who are different ages on basketball teams is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I can see where Big V is coming from there, at least, as far as, like, doing your due diligence in the front office to answer or ask that question. So Scotty Barnes, Katie, from furry wall to can't touch this, where does he slot in? Well, dude, like, I'm not with Vivek on that one. And I'm frankly, like, a bit pissed off at the conversations around the, quote, lack of development for Scotty Mm. Barnes. Like, I I just don't see it. I also don't know what you expected, right? He's 21. It's it's hard. The NBA is really hard. When you blow through expectations the way that he did last season, you don't necessarily have expectations set because of how he blew through those. Mm -hmm. This season... They are having conversations with him. We're just, we don't know what they are. So what mm-hmm. they're asking of him, maybe he's doing all of those things. Maybe mm-hmm. there are internal like check boxes he's been marking off. Like you see where you see him struggle. And I've said this before, but like where we're seeing him struggle this season on the defensive end. These are things that, because like these are the tasks that he's been asked to take on more of. He's been mm-hmm. asked to take on more responsibility in these areas. And that's where he's struggling. To me, that's a good thing. You don't get better automatically Mm -hmm. you have to get better by getting worse sometimes so Mm -hmm. i think like you also have the timeline of the nba and the season is just it's like it's december 30 games yeah (laughs) it's like to make any grand decisions is insane right no like and also just like his brain needs time Mm -hmm. to pick all these things that he's learning in real time and put them together and because you only have a like a game to Mm -hmm. kind of put them to practice in practices, he's great because that's not yeah. that's not the point. It's like you when you have the in, external pressures of a game and like the real time action, and you actually have to rely on your decision making, which you're still working at. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you're seeing him struggle. But again, I would be more worried if he was just kind of like complacent and relying yeah. on the things that we saw him do last season, which was so much fun to watch. And I get maybe the the pining for for that like joy and the feeling of that it was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun but to just hold him there would be very detrimental to his development too so i'm kind of just like i mean i get this this is just an an impatient thing yeah but to then toss his name to be like well he's a bust i haven't seen that word going around but like it feels very close to getting there um i just it's such a disconnect to me yeah it's such a because like look at this look at sorry <laughs> this is my all good. Rant, no I guess. please no go off yeah <laughs> like around the NBA now they didn't just become that way within their second or third se- or even fourth season yeah I think it's like the recency of it and like the expectations of it you've got they've got to like a line somewhere that's a lot more comfortable and when mm-hmm. when you have like when the team doesn't seem worried when you have like experts around him that don't seem worried it's okay like yeah. You should you should trust that, and I think everybody should cool it a little bit. So to I, me, I guess to answer yeah. your question, um, I don't know. I, I mean, pra- the practicality of it, like he's still on his rookie deal, so I guess like he becomes a bit less untouchable, mm-hmm. uh, and it does depend on how the team wants to move him. To me, though, it's like why would you? Why would you? You, you I think you need at least three seasons 
mm -hmm. get a good sense of his direction. I mean, even then, like that's me feels like skimping, but I'm yeah. not a GM. So, yeah, for me, he's very much in the OG Siakam area of mm -hmm. the spectrum. I've come up with a different thing to represent where he is on the can't touch this spectrum. He, Katie, to me, is a prickly pear cactus. Are you familiar with these? <laughs> yeah. If you've seen the Green Planet, the wonderful David Attenborough uh, documentary about plants, it's great. Um, there's there's a desert episode of it, and they talk about the prickly pear cactus. And look, the prickly pear cactus. If you get to the inside, there's just like a delicious treat in there. If you can find your way in, critters are trying to get in there. Evolution has been trying to get critters inside there for years, but evolution has been fighting back because the prickly pear cactus. Will mess you up it's got all these pointy guys that are impossible to get through david attenborough wears a glove in the episode to pick it up and it still goes through the glove it's like a chainmail glove and it's that potent that to me is the idea of trading scotty barnes right now you do that you're gonna get stabbed by that prickly pear in theory maybe 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 if you were to trade scotty barnes for a superstar you get that delectable fruit in the middle but odds are that's not going to happen, and you will probably rue the day you traded Scotty Barnes, much like I'm sure David Attenborough rues the day he palmed a prickly pear cactus. Uh, so you can't touch that. It's too spiky. Don't do it. Uh, also, you can't <laughs> for a superstar. Like, you can't. Like, the conversations around him for Durant were a bit deranged because it's still Kevin mm -hmm. Durant, right? Like, we feel it. Like, mm. you, you're like, no, like, the potential, da 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 like, you don't, you don't know what you're, you know, like, you could be getting in someone like him. And this mm. is not to, to like completely go back on everything I said before. The two exist like hand in hand, but like you're not unless it's a very desperate franchise, which I'm like, why do you want to? Yeah, there's there's good reasons to do trades with franchises like that sometimes. But like for this, I, I don't really see like you getting a superstar back for just Scotty Barnes. Right. Like that's yeah. what it is. It's like it's it gets into the Scotty yeah. and a lot of other stuff. And some of these other untouchable guys, and they can't touch this MC Hammer zone, which you don't want to do. Uh, we're going to continue on, Katie, get to some perhaps more touchable guys in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football and college bowl season to basketball. You got club soccer coming back now that the World Cup is in the rearview. Maybe you're hopping on the bandwagon of a team and you want to bet with them as you go through. You can use Bet Online as a great tool to become the informed wagerer as you start to dive into those waters. If you love sports podcasts as well, they have them there too to give you all the information you might need as to why the odds are set the way they are, what is the smart play. You're going to be informed. You're not just going to be throwing your money away at, at bets that aren't making sense. Bet Online helps you become that educated wagerer, which is something I never, ever do, and I'm always just doing it like a fool and not using the, the resources at hand at Bet Online. but I should. I don't bet enough to really sort of dabble or even know what's going on, but if you are a regular wagerer, Bet Online is going to give you all that information that you need to make the right bets. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online. it's where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, Katie, we have reached the final segment of the show where we're starting to start jettisoning off players now, huh? <laughs> uh, let's talk Fred Van Vliet, shall we? Of course, it's been a rough go for old Fred this year. The three-point shot has been uh, absent in large part. The defense, I think, has slipped as a, a you know point of attack guy. He's still there as you know the heavy-handed monster who rips balls away from larger men. That's great, but... There have been some setbacks, obviously, and, you know, frankly, he hasn't quite been the same player since the All-Star break last year when he was hurt. Katie, Furry Wall, MC Hammer, where does Fred Van Vliet slide in on the untouchability scale for the Raptors to you? Um, probably in the middle, but I'll explain. Mm. Like, my middle is more because um, I still, I wonder, it, it depends <laughs> It depends what the makeup of the team is going to be going into the future, right? Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. if if Masai and Co are going to keep it with these like tall, long guys, <laughs> I do think Fred may get. And because if Scotty continues to develop up into potentially like a point guard position, mm -hmm. Fred is kind of the middle. I don't want to say stopgap, but like Fred is in the middle now, right? Mm -hmm. um, of that, so that's that's like what makes me basically wonder if he yeah. is if he becomes tradable yeah. um there are definitely i think teams that could use him sure 100 percent, uh, yeah so i can understand how that might be alluring to some people but i also wonder about the timing mm -hmm. uh, to be super gross and callous like it's <laughs> difficult to obviously trade somebody away when they're in the middle of what seems just like to me uh a shooting slump yep a bit of a cold streak Yep. You know, somebody who hasn't necessarily been feeling the best and then comes into this. And I don't know, like, I really don't think it's much more than that. Mm -hmm. Again, like, I feel like I say this every time and maybe people are sick of hearing it probably. But it's been like three weeks since the team kind of hit this downward slope. Yeah. You can get out of that still. You know, 100%. you'd be more worried about this if I think if it was uh, toward the end of the year. So all that said, like, if this kind of stuff continues into like closer to um, trade deadline territory, mm -hmm. yes, I could see them making a move. Yeah, I think Fred is unfortunately like the reality is is he's probably going to be on the table at some point, just as like a potential trade option because of the contract situation. It's mm -hmm. the realities of the NBA and the fact that he has not played this season like the theoretical perfect fit he is around all the tall long guys right like I, you know i think coming into the year and the for the first little bit of the season even though he was in and out of the lineup you know we saw fred van vliet when he's hitting his catch and shoot threes when he's providing solid defense he is a wonderful compliment to the guys they have on the mm -hmm. team especially if they're going to sort of funnel more of the creation burden to siakam barnes and og as time goes on He's a perfect guy to play as a fourth option off of those guys. You have the institutional knowledge we always talk about with him as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a similar sort of Pascal Siakam-like trajectory for him with the team. You know, Siakam, I think, is just a better player, so it feels a little bit more sort of impactful and, and all that. But, you know, all the stuff I said off the top about Siakam and, and the reasons why you want to keep a guy like that around, they apply to Fred as well. It just might be that his performance suggests that the Raptors are going to have to make a call. And I don't have like a firm idea of how untouchable I think he is right now. I think I'll sort of 
say, let's wait and see a month or, or a month and a mm -hmm. half and see where things sit. Because if he kind of responds and bounces back to the player we kind of know he can be, then no, I think he is pretty untouchable because he is a really good piece around the, the, the core group. And my sort of thing all along has been this team is not, the problem is not with the good players, it's that there aren't enough of them. And to trade another one of the good players, if, <laughs> yeah. he, if he kind of bounces back to that, feels like you're kind of taking away from the solution as opposed to fixing the problem. And I... So for me, I guess, if I'm going to do a dumb comparison for this silly exercise I've concocted, to me, he's like untouchable, like a little, like a candle, like a burning candle wick is in that you probably don't want to touch it. It's going to be really painful if you do it. You could touch it in theory. And like, once you do it, the pain will probably dissipate relatively quickly. You might have a little blister or a burn. Um, but like, if you touch it, it's not going to be pleasant, but it might mm -hmm. be a necessary thing to prevent a fire i don't know i lost the plot uh <laughs> keep going yeah that's he's he's a he's a burning uh the candle a holiday candle wick and uh that's where i'm at as on the can't touch this rating ranking for him uh let's kind of wrap the fire through the rest of the guys because this is where you know i truthfully i feel like if there are going to be trades they're going to come from this next sort of group of guys on the team You've got Gary Trent Jr., you've got mm -hmm. Fad Young, you've got mm -hmm. Kem Birch, you've got Chris Boucher, Otto Porter Jr., I suppose, as well. These guys, just based on the realities of NBA trades, have salaries to match and all of this. Um, of those group, may, is there like a guy or two who maybe interest you the most and who you have a comfortable feeling of where they slot in on the can't-touch-this-to-furry-wall range? Uh, I think Otto and Thad, probably you want to keep those guys, mm, if you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otto, because like you haven't seen anything, yeah. <laughs> of why you and when you did see him, he was on. really helpful. He was like... Right, it was exactly <laughs> what you, why you wanted him on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I just I think that is great. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's a lot of uh, benefits to having a guy like that young around that you're not seeing on the court. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, as a vet, <sighs> Gary, I'm like I waffle with because you've really seen him dig in. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, like to me, it's just like, OK, if you see someone respond to the thing they've been asked to do and I know like he's got his contract coming up. So I, yeah. that's probably the only reason why I think maybe he sees himself as more furry wall. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have Malachi in there. I think he's got to be I just it sucks, but I do feel like he's he'd probably be included in something. Yeah, I guess you need a team to want him. Well, that's why and I feel like it would mean, be a many. But... <laughs> yeah, I hate talking about this stuff. That's why I feel like it would be like a few people, right? Like a yeah. in the deal. So yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like when you get when you get into this tier, mm -hmm. and it's like Fred said this himself like the other night. It's just like they are not constructed in a way where they can be without people. Yeah. Like they sure. can't be out even like mm -hmm. they can't be out two guys, let alone yeah. the amount of guys they've had out. Um, Which yeah. speaks to why the front office is actually the real furry wall here. Get rid of them. Uh, no, I can't. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, like I think Boucher is, is probably close. I think it, it, it feels a bit redundant because I think the names that seem close to touchable mm. uh are the ones we've talked about before and i think yeah. seem pretty clear to everybody 
Um, I think the, the, it's like, how do you construct that trade then? And mm -hmm. who are you going after in return? Yeah. I think for me, the guy who over the court, at least I agree, like Gary Trent Jr. has kind of been in furry wall zone, I think all season long, just because the contract situation, because mm -hmm. he is clearly not on the same level as like the the guys we've talked about as being untouchables, right? Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's a difference there in terms of overall quality of play and all that. Um, I think the guy who's kind of migrated from untouchable or sort of middle of it to more furry wall range is Chris Boucher to me. Mm -hmm. I think he just because of the mere fact that he has a big salary, which again, sucks that this is the way we talk about it, but it's just the way it works in the NBA. So you have to, um, like he's got a pretty substantial number and I just kind of keep on feeling Katie, like if you just replaced his minutes with Bojan Bogdanovich or just like someone a little bit more traditional who can shoot, address the creation issues a little bit. I feel like as much as Boucher is really effective because he's, you know, fourth or fifth on the list of six, nine guys on the team, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe there's a bit of redundancy there at times. And if you were to sort of swap him out for someone who offers something a little bit different, as far as the package they bring to the floor, and you you attach a first round pick or something. I I do feel like that is actually like a pretty meaningful way for the Raptors to upgrade their roster and kind of address some of their holes, especially if you keep on having Thad play the way he has. If you get Porter back, um, you know I, I think they have enough size to sort of hang even without Chris Boucher, who's really really effective at his best. But mm -hmm. boy oh boy, Katie, the the missed threes from him right now are feeling so cataclysmic whenever they happen because they're always so wide open because no one's worried about them they always come off like a beautiful pascal siakam pass and they always brick and you know he hit the one really sort of impressive one in the game against the sixers but he's shooting 28 percent from three and that can't be understated as a problem on this team and so i think he's kind of moved closer to the furry wall zone for me let's quickly go to nick nurse katie before we round out the show um <laughs> I think coming into the season, people would have thought, Nick Nurse, full-on MC Hammer zone. Can't touch this. He's really good. He's He's got the, you know, he's got it figured out how to win a lot of games and milk the most he can out of whatever he's given roster-wise and all of this. Things, I think, have gone a little bit more shifty towards the other end. I don't know how far, but Katie, where are you at right now with Nick Nurse and his untouchability? I mean, I think he's untouchable to the organization. I'll say that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, does it warrant a conversation of like, I may, they're probably having these already in terms of direction and maybe a retooling or a, a let's pause and let's, let's like have an honest conversation about where we're all at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think he's still firmly in that territory. Yeah, I think, you know, if you ask the front office, their answer would be Zubaz zone, uh, full on. I mean, MC their answer would be they'd hang up on you. Their answer yeah. would be to shut the so, door your face. So, Masai, let me ask you a question, <laughs> a reportedly question, huh? No, actually, where, their where answer would, you, would Where would you rank Nick Nurse on the range of furry wall to MC Hammer? Well, I have actually been wondering. What? I'm a <laughs> man at Yahoo said this, but like hmm. the... I think it was last year when the team was in a bit of a slump that Masai did oppress her. Hmm. I mean, that's is just kind of like an optics check, right? Yeah, it doesn't but, change anything. No, but I, yeah. I, he wondered if you know it's time for that. Maybe I, I also think it's a that's a bit of a. They've got a 
get a bit worse before something like that happened. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. theoretically, if you asked him in that, he would say Nick has the full trust of our organization. I think you're totally right. I, I do think I struggle with this, Katie. We were talking about this off air before. We could bring it to the pod. I, I really struggle with the idea of moving on from Nick Nurse and then getting to a playoff game and wishing, damn, it'd be nice to have Nick Nurse kind of figuring this one out because he is really good at that. Like, you can't deny it. He's really good at in-game adjustments and winning a game when you have to win a game and finding mm -hmm. the way forward for a team within the context of a 48-minute span. That's a real strength of his, undeniable, and... It's what Raptors fans were longing for for the entire Dwayne Casey era, where it was inverse. Dwayne Casey, master of the regular season, rolled the same 10 guys every night, 82 games in a row. Nobody tried anything different. They had no variability in the way they played, but boy, did they succeed in the regular season and get rest for their stars and all this stuff. But you get to the playoffs, and it, it just wasn't there. I suppose you need to get to the playoffs for this to be a thing to worry about with your head coach and to, you know, have it be a value skill to win playoff games and have the sort of the wherewithal to navigate them. But it, it, it does freak me out, the idea of maybe the grass not being greener, especially when it comes to sort of winning at the highest level. Because I think Nick Nurse, as much as you can quibble with a lot of the stuff he does, he's really good at that one thing. And that might be the most important thing for a head coach to be. So mm -hmm. it's tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any uh, last parting shots here, Katie, on the untouchability of the Toronto Raptors? Uh, other than this was kind of a gross exercise. I tried to paint it with like a nice veneer of yeah, a stupid concept, but uh, <laughs> it's not fun to talk about this stuff, Katie. But we no, got to talk nice. about it because the, the the freaks, the sickos are circling and yeah, the, the, the it just won't be it. stopped. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sorry <laughs> to the sickos, but I really think this is still like a fantasy exercise. Mm -hmm. I really do. I, 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 I hesitate. Yeah. I hesitate to see a world in which if things do not go drastically worse, any of this happening. Yeah. I also, maybe this is just me being dumb, wearing rose color glasses, whatever. I feel like you could do nothing and this team will still probably win like 45 games. Like it, it, there's, there's a lot here. They just won 48 a year ago. They were in a similar position early in the season in December before going on a run. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's all that nuts to suggest that there's still something to tap into here as far as like a legitimate Eastern Conference playoff team. And while that might not satiate those who wanted an improvement over last season, I still think making the playoffs is a valuable thing to do. And it's not all linear. It's the Scotty Barnes thing again. It's not always going to happen the way you want it to in the progression you want it to. Sometimes it's going to take a longer time. There's going to be detours and stuff like that. And I would hesitate to ship guys off before getting a real sort of look at this team with something resembling full health or whatever. It just, I don't know. It, it's, can they just win tonight, Katie? Please, <laughs> just beat the Knicks. I know it's impossible to beat the Knicks right now, but please just beat the Knicks. And I feel like a lot of the concerns will wither away over the holidays. Um, anything you'd like to promote here, Katie, before we get out of here? Any, uh -huh. any Christmas movies you want to promote? <laughs> I mean, I've been rewatching Lord of the Rings. That's nice, a Christmas nice. series to me. Notable Christmas film, yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's probably, that's like what I'm getting into. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm not like uh, at home alone, alone. Per like, you know, that's more mm -hmm. of like, maybe we'll, my family will want to watch that when we're sure. all together. But then I'll probably fall asleep halfway. Like, there's some mm -hmm. movies that it's like, 
you know, like it's a wonderful life. My dad's mm. got to watch that movie a hundred percent. So maybe we'll watch it, but he's probably watched it already. Sure. So yeah, my recos not so good. Yeah. I, um, well, we Lord watched home alone too. Hey, it's a pretty good movie recommendation. One of the best of all time. Uh, can I recommend Jurassic park while we're at the <laughs> thing of good movies that we're watching lately? Um, I watch Muppet Christmas Carol. That's my endorsement. Oh, yeah. It's That's the best telling of Christmas Carol. The songs are great. The Scrooge song is awesome. Feels like Christmas. The Ghost of Christmas Present. It's all lovely. Go watch that and go subscribe to all of our great stuff. Basketball Feelings for Katie. I pointed the wrong way on the camera. Basketball Feelings for Katie. Uh, Twitter we, for me, at Woodley Sean. Next week? Because if not, then I'll have to promote something. We'll do an ep next week. Okay, never mind. Have cool. Have, All right. Unless, unless you don't want everybody. to, it's the holidays. You could choose not to. It's your no, call. We can, we can do it. <laughs> excellent. We'll do that. Uh, all right. With that, we'll round it out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Sports Today with Pete Bukowski. Really biggest stories in all the sports world broken down in 22 digestible minutes. So you can be the smart person about the sports at your water cooler. Go check that out wherever you get your shows same goes for this podcast apps for the audio stuff youtube i guess is also an app for the video side of things and all that we'll be back again tomorrow to hopefully discuss the end of the losing streak against the damn new york knicks we will get into that on tomorrow's show thanks so much for tuning in bye-bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.